Hello mamas and welcome to episode 3 of season 2, Bum to Mum. I am your host Emma and this week I am really excited to bring you a chat with Brianna. Brianna is a mum to two beautiful babies, Maeve and Monroe. Um, she lives in Auckland with her husband Matt and their two dogs as well. Brianna and I actually go back a very long time. Um, we met in our university halls um, down in Wellington. We went on to flat together in Wellington. We then did a Europe OE together um, when Brianna had finished uni and I, yeah, I'd finished uni as well actually. And then we came back to Auckland at the end of that trip and we lived together in Auckland um, before Luke and I moved to Sydney. Um, so we've kind of had that whole period of life together from university through to our early working careers um, and overseas and now we have become mums around the same time which is really cool. Brianna had Maeve, Maeve is two and a half and Munro is just four months old now so we've kind of been through a lot together. We've seen it all and now we're on this new journey as mothers and I'm just super excited to be able to share a conversation with you guys um, with a really good friend of mine and kind of you know there was things that she said in this conversation that having known Brianna for this long and and know her well there was things I didn't know um, so I learned something new about her motherhood journey as well. Brianna shares with us her motherhood journey to date um, which has been going now for two and a half years so she talks through her fourth trimester and that time with Maeve Maeve had reflux so she shares what that was like for her and also more recently with their new edition of Munro she talks through what her fourth trimester has been like, what the adjustment to having two children has been like, um, there's some laughs in there as you get two old friends together um, but I also just love the way that Brie keeps it so real, um, you know she's honest about the fact that there are some really tough times um, but there's also some just moments of pure joy which kind of take all that away. So yeah, I really loved this chat. Obviously, she's one of my very good friends, but I think you will too. Um, she's pretty funny, this girl, and I just love um, seeing her as a mother. Um, I think she's doing amazing. So um, as always with these conversations, these Brie and I are not experts. <laughs> We're just having a chat. Um, so, you know, if, if some of this is, don't, you know, don't take this as gospel, um, but this is what's worked for Brianna and her family. And yeah, I hope you really enjoy this conversation. If you do, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to hear what you think. Um, yeah, so enjoy, mamas. Hey, Brianna, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your family for anyone that's dialed in to listen? Sure. So I'm Brianna. I live in Auckland with my husband, Matt. We've been together about 10 years now. We've got a daughter, Maeve, who's two and a half, and little Munro, who's four months old, and our two dogs, Hunter and Hazel. <laughs> so you've got a big old family there now. <laughs> yeah, it feels that way, actually. Yeah, and how, how has life been recently with Munro joining the mix? Are things pretty busy, or how, how has that adjustment gone? It's been pretty busy, but also pretty amazing. Um, yeah. it, you kind of forget the newborn period and how it is once you've once you're out of it. So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm a second time mum. I'll be great. It will be easy. You know, I know what to do. But it's definitely had its challenges as Munro's obviously a different baby to Mabel's. Yeah, and I think as well, like. I will get you to share about, you know, what your fourth trimester with Maeve was like and, and how the differences have been. But I can only imagine, you know, that newborn phase, you're in such kind of like a spin as well. So to go back to that, you just, like, I can't even remember my newborn phase and it was only like six, seven months ago. So I can't even imagine what it's like when you're further down the track and have a toddler. So where are you at in your motherhood journey today with your two, Maeve and Munro? Is there, you know, are you guys facing any particular challenges or is there something you're really enjoying with the two of them? Yeah, so we've got a few challenges at the moment. Munro has reflux, same as Maeve did. 
So he's on Imeprazole for that, which has actually been helping him. It didn't help Maeve as she was just too severe. So we were yeah. more giving her the Imeprazole for like hope and I think to make ourselves feel better that we were doing something. Yeah. But, but he's actually has quite a few good days now, whereas before the Imeprazole, honestly, they were all just quite bad days. Um oh. So How, got, what were like the signs that I guess what kind of led you guys to go down the path of looking into whether he had reflux for, for someone that hasn't experienced that before? Well, it actually took us a while with Munro and I feel quite bad about that because he wasn't as bad as Maeve was. We were like, oh, this is just what your average baby's like mm. because all we had to compare him to was Maeve, who was honestly, she would just scream like 90% of her awake window. So we were like, oh, great, like this is just what most parents have to deal with. But it was, I think, a few of my close friends and my mum was like, I hate to break it to you. If you're in denial, this isn't actually like your typical normal normal happy baby. Mm. So, And he did show the same signs, like he struggled to feed. But I think that's because of my fast letdown. Oh, okay. Um, so he would pull off in pain and I would have like it was like a sprinkler from my breast like 30 different oh my goodness so what are you so you're what's the imeprazole so that's obviously working with Munro so how how did you manage that then with the like feeding Munro and did you have to do anything when you were with Maeve as well that was different from a feeding perspective yeah, so with Munro, I kind of knew what to do more because I've been through it before. So I've been, he's 18 weeks now, and I've been pumping since he was nine weeks. So oh, wow. that's just because of my fast flow, I think. It's just too much mm. for him to handle. So, yeah, that's a full-time gig in itself. <laughs> I'm pumping, yeah, every few hours and just giving him my breast milk in a bottle and that seems to be comfortable for him Mm. and did you do the same with Maeve or was she kind of that didn't help her either she could actually tolerate the fast flow a bit more and it was Mm. harder to like she was always quite unsettled and unhappy so it was kind of it was just it's easier to tell with Munro I think because he does give us a lot of happy moments as well but yeah. she definitely didn't pull off and flap around as much as he did. Oh, wow. Gosh, it's so interesting that, like, they've both had reflux but in such kind of vari- variances to each other as well. So what was it like with Maeve in comparison? Well, Maeve, to be honest, my first 10 weeks with her were amazing. She was born at 36 weeks and she, I had only heard her cry a handful of times. And those first 10 weeks, I was thinking, oh my God, I'm born to be a mum. Like, this is so easy. <laughs> like, honestly, I, my life didn't really change. I just had this little baby that I took around everywhere with me. And to be honest, I felt, found it so easy. And then at yeah. 10 weeks... I don't know if she just woke up to the world or the reflux then hit or a combination of both, but the wheels fell off and honestly it was all downhill from there until she was about 10 months. That's when we started seeing the improvement. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) And it's, we should probably tell people that are listening, you and I have known each other since university. So we met in the hall. So Brie and I have literally travelled, studied, and now become mums together. But I didn't even know myself that Maeve's reflux went on for that long. Like that's that's so mm. hard to kind of, yeah, I'm just imagining yeah. that it's a long time. And was it she, so was it just kind of like she was, quite grisly and unsettled was that like the the kind of key signs of that maybe something's not quite right (laughs) grisly would have been a win it was like (laughs) full-blown screaming like I'm her mum I couldn't comfort her I would try and feed her she wouldn't want to feed 
Um, I would walk around with her. I would honestly do everything, cuddle her, and you could just tell she was in pain. It wasn't like the normal baby cry. It was like a a pain scream, which was, you know, quite hard to hear as a mum and a first-time mum. I was like, what's going on? Especially since the first 10 weeks had been so easy. Like I was actually going around <laughs> saying to my friends, like, wow, I found my calling. Like this is so easy. So, <laughs> yeah, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just, yeah. That would have been such a shock to the system to have, I think, like if she had been like that from the start, you wouldn't have known any different, but you knew different, which would have made it just 10 times harder as well, I think. I know. So what- I honestly feel like I was catfished, like, for the yeah. first 10 weeks. It was, yeah. So, yeah, um, with Monroe, obviously I knew the signs, but they weren't as severe. So I kept saying, like, every day, every week, like, no, this is, I'm sure, like, what most parents have to deal with. This is normal. Mm. But my two best friends have um had babies as well we had them within six weeks of each other and I think it was quite eye-opening the more we started hanging out the three of us um Munro was just very different to Mm. the other two little babies and one of my friends actually said like I'm sorry to break it to you but I think this is happening again oh gosh it's just but it sounds like you kind of have got to a point now with Munro where he's Yeah, he's he's manageable. Like, you know, it's it's a lot easier than Maeve was. And Mm. he's, like, every day is different. I have amazing days with him, which I hardly had with Maeve at his stage. And he is actually a very happy baby. So Mm. I'm getting a lot from his personality where I think Maeve was just in so much pain all the time. She was – I didn't really – get to see much of her personality till down the track which is quite sad yeah oh I'm so glad that you're kind of getting those days now with Munro is there anything you're really enjoying at the moment with the two of them like having what was it like bringing Munro home to Maeve that was probably the honestly the best day of my life like I thought about it so much the two of them meeting when I was pregnant, like, I just thought, oh, my God, the two of them meeting will be so amazing, and it was. And they've got such a strong bond, even though he's so young. I honestly think she is his favourite person. Like, he lights up around her. She goes to daycare twice a week, and on the days she's at home, it's like I've got a little babysitter. She'll dance around and sing, like, Baby Shark to him, and he's in fits. Like, he started laughing a month or so ago so it's it's quite good entertainment for us all but yeah the bond is something I didn't realize would be as strong as as it is like you can really see like she's like a little mother hen already at only two and a half years old oh that is just so cute and it's kind of I think what every parent dreams of when they bring their baby home to meet their older sibling is that you will get that and a lot of people don't so it's like it, you know, I know you're going through hard stuff, but at least you've got that really kind of, you've got those special moments and that really cool relationship kind of blossoming with them. Yeah, I'd actually been warned by so many people that Maeve would probably struggle and that's normal and, you know, to just roll with that and how difficult it would be. Like so many people told me, but it's been the polar opposite, like, I have not had that has not been a hurdle like we've had to tackle at all like she's just been so amazing and like very she's like very caring and that has yeah just been a highlight oh it's so cute and so with your fourth trimester with Maeve and your fourth trimester with Munro like I know you're kind of just coming out of it now with Munro aside from the reflux like what were some highs and lows for you what were some things that you kind of like knocked you sideways that you did not expect? Um, I'd love to hear, you know, what those kind of that, that yeah, like your fourth trimester with Maeve and your fourth trimester with Munro, what was it like for you? Well, with Maeve, the fourth trimester was mostly amazing because she was mm. so sleepy and so easy for the first 10 weeks. 
So then obviously the end of that fourth trimester was really difficult, but we just did all we could and, you know, just went with it. Mm. But with Munro, he's, I, th- I don't know if it's a boy thing, but he was quite sleepy for three to four weeks. And again, mm. I found that quite easy. And then he was just so hungry. Like <laughs> I was up every 45 minutes. Like that just never happened with me. I used to have to set my um, alarm for every three hours in the night for Maeve to wake her up and yeah. feed her to make sure she was getting fed enough. And, yeah, yeah there was no need to do that for Munro. Like, I've never had so many all-nighters in my life. Like, it's just so crazy how different two babies can be in that sense. Yeah, that is. And, like, how do you kind of cope with the sleep deprivation? Because I think that's – you know that's the thing that kind of shocks us most the first time around and you didn't have that with Maeve so how did you find that this time around I think you just go with it because you've got no choice right Mm, like yeah it was it was hard and there were mornings where I would wake up and I felt like I hadn't slept in weeks because I hadn't Mm, you actually hadn't (laughs) yeah and I don't know. I think I coped by venting. I'm lucky. Like I said, I've got my two best friends who are going through it with me at the same time, even though, yeah, all the journeys are different. But I think just having someone to talk to and them understanding and, you know, I think a support network helped. My mum, I would always ring her sometimes, like, what do I do? My mum had twins, so she probably... Yeah. Oh, that's so nice to have that as well. Because I think as well, it's even like, like to have a baby with your two best friends is just so special. Because as well, like, if you're up at, a, you know, God knows what hour, likely one of them will be awake as well. So you can message while you're feeding or like just yeah. have that comfort. <laughs> yeah, we have a group chat and it was going off at all hours of the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the one that's not replying, you're probably like secretly kind of hating on because you're like, shit, she's sleeping. I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I think in that at the same time, the highlights are just going through that newborn phase again. Like they're so little and cute and the skin to skin and like, you know, just sleeping with them on your chest. And yeah, it just, it is a very special time, even though it is very hard at times as well yeah and how have you kind of juggled keeping Maeve entertained and busy who's a busy you know toddler and kind of still having that bonding time with Munro like I always think about that I'm like how like it's busy enough with one like how do people do it when they've got two or three like just to have that that kind of special time with the new baby yeah that actually is crazy the adjustment is like I used to think my life was so busy just with Maeve but now with Munro as well it is just yeah it's hectic but I think having Maeve in daycare twice a week is obviously really helpful because you think like Mm -hmm. the firstborn got so much of your one-on-one time the whole time Maeve didn't go to daycare until she was two so she had Mm -hmm. like so much of me for so long so I think her going to daycare twice a week it's nice that I can spend one-on-one time with Monroe but also we do play center twice a week so I take Maeve and Monroe and there's so many other mums and coordinators there that they'll take Maeve off and do paintings and like things with her and I can just chill and be with Monroe there even though you're not at home and it's still a busy environment it's still one-on-one time yeah, that's so nice. And it's probably nice for him to be around. Like I always think about that, like Louis, kind of apart from my mum's group, we don't have a lot of babies around us here. So like he's always so fascinated when we see, when he sees other babies and like Munro's just going to be so comfortable with so many different settings from yeah. so little. I think there's a lot of benefit to that. I think I sometimes look at him when we're at play centre and – just places where like my brother has kids and where there's other children and he just looks shocked like he's like (laughs) looking around like wow you know like it's good stimulation for them I think 
Absolutely. You don't have to dangle a toy or like have them under the A-frame. Like this just literally out in real life. Oh, so good. So with both your births, like I'd love to know what birth was like for you with the two of them and how that's kind of changed your body and your recovery um, and just how you, you know, I guess you don't really have a choice but to get mobile once you've got a toddler running around. But how was that experience for you? Uh, my births were pretty good. I actually really enjoyed both of them. They were fast, which I think is helpful. I don't know if that's why I recovered so quick and like felt like I could move my body so soon after both births. But yeah, Maeve was 36 weeks and eight hours start to finish. And Munro wow. was an induction at... 38 weeks and that was two hours from start to finish so that was quite wild and with Munro my recovery was it actually sounds crazy but the next day I felt completely normal I I don't know like if it was the the length of time or like my body had done it before and knew what to do but I felt pretty normal very very soon I was really surprised that's incredible so you had no kind of like pain or anything like that like did you well I had no no I I had no tearing with either um baby so that probably Mm. obviously helps a lot Maeve because it was my first time giving birth, I was in pain for like a couple of weeks after still, but not what people talk about. Like I just felt a bit Mm. uncomfortable. I shouldn't say pain, but I was uncomfortable. But yeah, Munro was like, yeah, I I felt like I could have gone for a run. That I'm just like, that is, that is amazing. Like that's like I'm stoked for you, but I'm also like, how? Like how is that? Because you've just pushed a baby out. It's insane. Like like you say that because it was so quick and your body just knew what to do. I mean, maybe maybe that's why maybe you just made for birthing babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah. Well, it was. Yeah, it was surprising to me as well. But it, it made. I guess the experience a lot more enjoyable as well. I wasn't having to worry about being uncomfortable when I got home and, you know, I kind of just felt good to go. And then in terms of like returning to exercise or whatever kind of physical activity you did pre-babies, like what, what's your kind of like way that you like to move your baby now, a body now? And I'm assuming like, cause you've had such, you know, amazing births. It's not, maybe impacted that too much no so before kids I used to do f45 pilates walking but I honestly just think I don't have the time now like since I had Maeve I just did walking and pilates and now I'm just doing walking which I started back walking pretty soon after his birth but that's the way I moved my body and I walk with him every morning in his morning nap and like get my coffee and get something to eat on the way. So that's actually all I do, but I feel like I'm never really sitting down. Like I'm always moving my body, just Mm. not through like exercise. I'm always carrying someone or running around after someone or, you know. Absolutely. And also just like having a baby in a front pack on a walk. I'm sorry, that's exercise. Like, Oh They're my god! It actually is. <laughs> Especially if there's like any sort of weight training. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I feel like you're going to have some tips for this part because you've had some experience with unsettled refluxy babies. But what were you and Matt's kind of like top tips, or what you would you do to kind of? cope with an unsettled baby and that can be both like looking after yourself and also baby honestly I find this question actually quite hard to answer even though I've been through it twice but I actually don't think for me it's in my experience it's been just riding the wave and trying to look after 
yourself because if you guys are okay then you're going to be able to be the best parents for your babies because mm-hmm. in my situation there honestly wasn't much I could do with me like I'd just have to walk around the house like I remember we would just take turns of trying to settle her and this would be honestly like all day Matt would put on these big Emma headset and like block it out and just walk around and I would just walk around as well but listening to the screaming like I think you just teamwork for us like we really got stronger during that time and could really lean on each other and I just think a support system is probably the best way to cope with an unsettled baby if it's as bad as Mabe was. Mm. So and like true. not isolating not isolating yourself. With Maeve, I was a first time mum. I started getting anxiety about people coming around to see me. Like my friends were wanting to drop off food or just come for a visit and I would like make excuses up or you know, pretend I wasn't home sometimes because I didn't want them to see me in that situation situation thinking oh god she's not coping like she wasn't ready for to have a baby not that they would think that but I think at the time when you're in the trenches mm. your mind was going to crazy places so I would actually sometimes isolate myself and I'm quite social so that was a bit out of character and I had my little brother living with us at the time and I think he was thinking wow this is so hectic <laughs> Yeah, because you are such a social person and you always have been. Like you've always loved having people around and like just, you know, even if you're not doing anything, just having people at your house. So for you to not have people there is very out of character. Yeah, there was a select few that I felt comfortable having like been in my space at that time. But I think it was just, you know, being a first-time mum and then, the curveball of the reflux and trying to navigate that. I just wanted, I just didn't want people coming in and analyzing the situation. You know, I don't know. It was just how I coped with it, I think. I totally get that. And it's funny, like this pressure we put on ourselves as mums, because no one probably would have thought that they would have like, they wanted to help you and support you and be there for you. But you think like you want to, you know, be a peer to be, killing it even if you're not and like having the best time like you almost feel bad for saying like no we're having a really rough time because I don't know it's just this pressure I think we put on ourselves and I don't know why we do it because it's as soon as you say to someone I'm having a rough time like you you you're probably fine like oh my they'll say oh my god we had that or we've been through that you know like it just takes one person to be like actually this is really fucking hard and then people start saying yeah actually it is yeah and that's the thing I was quite open with people that I was struggling Mm. but I just didn't still want them over so like I would get into like the conversations of how hard I was finding it and how I didn't wasn't expecting this and you know I've been around lots of babies before and I just hadn't seen them scream the way she did but, yeah, I think just I was still like, yeah, I'll, I kept putting off catching up or, yeah, it was nice. You always walk away feeling better from the catch-up, sir. Yeah. But I think for anyone going through reflux or colic, I think you just need to learn to, like, accept help as well because people do want to help. I think that's such good advice as well and, like, if it's going to make you feel good to go out and get that coffee, even if baby's going to get upset or grizzle or cry or, you know, like do those things that are going to make you feel slightly happier. Cause at the end of the day, like you said, you kind of, you really need to prioritize yourself and your well being because they're probably going to cry regardless of where you are. So you may as well go get that coffee and make yourself feel a bit better. Yeah, exactly. So at the moment, what does sleep look like in your home and have you used a sleep consultant at any point and has that been a successful journey for you? I'd love you to share a little bit about that with your your two. 
Yeah, so sleep before Manro came along was amazing. <laughs> Maeve is like a unicorn sleeper, I would say. We did the sleep training with Maeve at, when she was four months. We used Lucy from the sleep. She's the sleep scout. Yes, you got me onto Lucy. <laughs> yeah, and then we had a Karatani nurse that helped us um, implement the plan as well. So she was also very helpful but since we did that with Maeve when she was four months old she has not woken once in the night ever like even overseas not like she sleeps seven till like 7 45 or eight we go into her room and get her up oh my god <laughs> yeah That's so, amazing. yeah I'm so like... I think it was it was obviously the sleep training because before that she was not like that but I think yeah. she she obviously likes the downtime and, yeah, I, I think we just got very, very lucky. So then when Munro started doing these all-nighters, I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, and it, maybe, like, Maeve will be like that her entire life. Like, she's going to be the teenager that sleeps till midday. Like, maybe she's just a snoozy gal and loves her sleep. I am... I'm a bit of a chiller and love my sleep, so <laughs> she, might, she might take after me in that department. And we've also, we're on day three now of sleep training with Munro, also with Lucy's help. And how's that going? Uh, you kind of forget how yeah. it's, it's quite hard because he's used to being rocked to sleep padded to sleep I've never put him down before without him being asleep so him having to learn to self-settle and being put down wide awake and learning to go to sleep himself it's it's quite hard for them but then again obviously you don't just leave them to it you do the space soothing is that what it's called Mm. yeah 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 and support them through it but he's already showing huge improvements like he's the first day he was taking a bit to settle and now he's asleep in his day naps and when I put him down at night within a few minutes and and our nights the last two nights have been two two feeds which is really good for us sometimes he could be up to like six feeds not wow. even feeds. I wouldn't always feed the six times that I'd be up comforting him or, or feeding him, you know. So yeah. from that to two wakes. And the two wakes are like midnight and then 5.30, which is you're getting a decent chunk in between that. It's just incredible how quickly they learn, isn't it? Like I know because obviously we went through the same thing with Louie. You had actually got me on to Lucy. And I think I've always said, like, I feel like it was the best decision Luke and I made as parents. But it was also probably one of the hardest week or two weeks of my parenting journey just to kind of get that in place. And I know you can hear them learning and you know that it's like for us, it was what we wanted to do. And I wanted that outcome. But it doesn't change the fact that it is hard and like it can be, you know, like you say, you're there, you're supporting them and you're not just leaving them. But it's still hard when you've done something their whole life and then you're changing it, right? I know. And I think hearing your own baby cry, is it just hits different to yeah. when you hear other babies cry. So we actually took him out of his love to dream for the sleep training because he was showing signs of rolling and it's just we may as well try and do everything at once instead of mm. – trying to make his life harder again in a few months' time. So we've taken him out of his love-to-dream suit and put him into a sleeping bag and then also taking his dummy from him, which he wasn't actually that addicted to. I would just Mm. put it back in in the middle of the night so I could get back to bed as a way to calm him down. Yeah, I ended up having to do dummy runs. But Yeah, I I feel like I was more dependent on the dummy than Louis was. So when we actually got rid of it, Louis was like, fine. And I was like, and it was actually 
not as hard as I thought, but I would just like pop it in his mouth, even if he was happy. And I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> Same. Like, he, he doesn't would, like, it. He would like, when he's, when his reflux is quite bad and I can tell like it's going to be, you know, a long day, I would put it in and he actually wouldn't even really want it. I was just thinking, okay, he needs that dummy. He's crying, but he would spit it out. Like he obviously <laughs> wasn't that phased by it. So it was, I think the dummy's been more of adjustment for me than him probably. Yeah, absolutely. I can completely relate with that. Well, I'm so glad that it's kind of, you're seeing some improvements with Munro and then hopefully he'll follow and there's lead like his, you know, follow his sister's lead and become a little sleeping legend. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. to go from like five weeks to two, you must be feeling pretty good the last few days. <laughs> I actually am. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I feel like I've got more energy for sure. But I'm also yeah. keeping in mind that Maeve is from who I've spoken to one of the better sleepers I've come across. So I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be realistic about how Munro might be. Yeah, yeah. Again, like it's just crazy how you like they can be so different. Like it shouldn't be that crazy, but you kind of would think there'd be more similar similarities. But like in terms of everything to date, there has been like they've just been such different babies. Has there been any like similarities? Like I know they both had reflux, but like from like a personality perspective or anything like that that you're seeing yet. No, I think from what I'm seeing, Munro is, he seems extremely happy and smiley when he is happy. Like he, yeah. he will just like look at me or Maeve, I think, whereas his two favorite people and, and Matt, of course, but. And like <laughs> well, Matt. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Matt's actually Maeve's favorite, so I'll take Munro. <laughs> true (laughs) but yeah he he is like easy to make laugh and smile smiles a lot whereas maybe i actually had to work for a lot more she was quite serious so that Mm. is it's quite cool to you know be able to see him laughing a lot and things like that but i i still think it's quite early to see I can tell, you know, he's excitable and things like that, but I can't really tell, like, he's only four months. Yeah, so true. Like, you got, like, he's kind of just, I feel like, and you you probably would have maybe seen it with Maeve once she kind of came out of her reflexes. They just get to a point and you feel like every day you get to know them a little bit better and, like, see more of their personality coming through but you're still kind of guessing like you're still kind of thinking like oh I think they might be like this or I think they might be like that but like I feel like once they can start talking to you maybe you get to like kind of figure them out a bit more like we're all just guessing what they're trying to tell us at this point right yeah definitely like I can I obviously know Maeve's personality extremely well now because she's two and a half but I wouldn't have guessed her to be like that when she was four months Mm, so true what would you say have been your hardest and most enjoyable seasons of motherhood to date and why obviously for both the reflux that's yeah a season that was very hard um but I feel like I am coming out the other end with it with Mumro like he's still on the medication but we're seeing a lot of improvement so that Mm. would be both the hardest for both of them and the most enjoyable I don't actually have a most enjoyable season I'd say just more enjoyable moments within each season if that makes sense Mm. like I can't just think of one season and be like yep that was it there's just lots of highlights within each season so at the moment Mm. I'm just loving seeing them together and their bond. That that's probably the highlight of my motherhood journey overall so far. Mm-hmm. Just seeing like your two babies you've created together and like loving each other and you know, Aww. yeah. You're giving me goosebumps. It's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is really cute. It makes 
all the hard moments with it when you when you see them together i think oh that is so cool i love that um what is something you wish you knew about babies or becoming a mum that you didn't know that you think would have been helpful to know earlier on or like what's something you've kind of have discovered that you're like gosh if only i had known that at the start for me, I know I'm quite different to you. I heard you speaking to Luke on the podcast. I listened a few days ago and you guys said you wished you knew more. Mate, for me, yeah. ignorance is bliss. Like I'm, <laughs> glad, like I'm glad I went in blind. I'm like that with a lot of things. Like I just like to experience them things as I go. So I didn't actually know a whole lot of things before becoming a mum and I'm I'm quite glad because if I knew some of the things I think I would have been quite afraid yeah but maybe one thing is that not to compare like I went into motherhood thinking all babies are relatively the same like if they're fed um they've got a clean nappy they're sleeping you know they'll be happy like I thought it was like a one size fits all kind of approach whereas I think that would have helped me a bit when Maeve was going through her reflux I was like so fixated on like why is she like this why are other babies not like this you know I'd seen my brother have a baby girl who's nine months older than Maeve and she was just such a delight like such a happy baby like she actually made me made us want to have a baby and yeah. then you know Maeve was quite different so it's like I wish I knew that they're not all the same maybe but I think probably most people do know that like I said I I didn't know much no I think I can get where you're coming from as well because like they also teach you an antenatal class like right if baby's crying check their nappy make sure they're fed make sure they're burped blah 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 but then sometimes you'll do all those things and nothing will work and that could go on for some people for a long time and it's you then start thinking like oh am I doing something wrong but it's like it's actually just sometimes it's just babies being babies and there's no real rhyme and reason or maybe there is but I think no I, I like what you say there because I think it's the comparison trap is pretty it's hard on all of us and you see stuff on social media and you think that's like that's what it should be I would love to know actually having friends having babies all around the same time like your two best friends how has that been from like a comparison perspective is because it's so hard not to compare right but when you've got all these three babies similar age but they're all doing such different things like how did you kind of cope with that when you've got a baby with reflux and they don't, you know? Yeah, well, I think by us hanging out so much, that actually helped me understand that he definitely did have reflux because, like I said, mm. me and Matt were like, oh, no, this is probably normal. You know, he's not crying as much as Maeve did, even though he does cry a lot. But it's it's hard to it's a hard one because I'm so happy for them that mm. they have like essentially textbook dream babies. <laughs> like one <laughs> of them's been sleeping through for weeks now and she's younger than Monroe and wow. the other one is only waking once and I've barely heard either of them cry much and we just went to the Gold Coast for a week together. So we've spent a lot of time together mm. and he is definitely the hard one if yeah, if you yeah. want to call it that. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's hard not to compare because I'm like, how has this happened to me twice? Mm. And, you know, I wonder if it's anything I'm doing or you, you question yourself a bit. But at the same time, it's like, I love hanging out with them as well because they're my best friends and I'm so happy for them that they're having such a good experience. Yeah, that's really nice. And I think, like, everyone, everything's a season, right? Like, there will be – everyone's going to have a, a more difficult or challenging season, which will be something completely different. But 
when you've got that sort of support, like you said, it kind of, you can just manage it all together and you can vent to each other and not feel guilty about it and you can celebrate and not feel guilty. I think it's just having the right people around you, which you obviously do. Yeah, and they just, they do change so much. Like looking at Maeve now, comparing her to when she was a baby, like she is such a delight now. She's such a caring girl. She's, you know, funny. Like she's just so enjoyable to be around. And if I was to look back when she was like four months, I would be thinking, oh gosh, like it's hard to see out of that point when you're in it. But Mm. it does... It is always just a season. Yeah, that's on the note of Gold Coast. I would love you to share maybe some tips for traveling with babies because the fact that you've just done it with a toddler and a new, like, well, not a newborn, but a very little bub. What What are your go tos when you guys are going away? Yeah, so I think a toddler personally is quite easy to travel with because there's screen time, which like. Maeve loves we don't like to give it to her all the time at home so she knows she's going to get it on a flight and just Mm. frost that Um, (laughs) and the lead up I buy a few toys to put in her backpack and I don't let her see them until we're on the plane so like I'll get her a new coloring in book or just a few things I think will excited like a sticker book and then once she's over tv because three hours is a long time to watch tv like they they just can't focus for that long so there are a few moments on the flight where I was like oh look this is going this is about to go pear-shaped and Munro's asleep so we'd get out the sticker book and her eyes would light up and that would (laughs) just buy us some time and also snacks snacks is key for me if she loves food so I would take pack her favorite snacks and just stretch out the time I was going to give them to her to just keep her occupied. But with a baby, it's a lot harder because you can't communicate. You you can't talk to them. So it's I would I try and book a flight round when I think he's going to be sleeping or mm-hmm. he wasn't really on a schedule then. But you know morning flights are always quite good or in the lunchtime nap and I honestly would just (laughs) pray like there's just not much you can do I don't think um a dummy I was shoving in on the flight but yeah I think it's just how they feel on the day as well with a baby like you you just Mm. can't really do much but I do find a toddler quite easy to travel with that's good to know because I kind of, in my head, I was like, oh, my God, like once Louis moving around, that's going to be so much more hectic. But actually, at least you can have a conversation with them and explain them. And I'm actually just thinking in my head, I don't know why I haven't thought about like how cute it will be to like pack their little backpack with like little surprises. Hers so doesn't even fit her and we had to carry it for her through the airport where she didn't want to wear it. But still, it's it's a cute concept. <laughs> But yeah, that's there's so just good that they know it's theirs and to put things in there that will be helpful. But yeah, I don't know. It depends on your toddler, I guess, because some toddlers probably are harder to control than others. But yeah. she's the flying, she's the one that would give me the less anxiety of the two. Yeah. Actually, you mentioned it, and now I'm interested because we're obviously just getting right into think right into solids with Louie now. And you said her favorite snack. So, what are Maeve's kind of like go to favorite foods? Like, how did you find that solids journey with her? Honestly, the solids journey feels so long ago, like another lifetime yeah. ago, even though it wasn't really. But we started her on solids when she was four and a half months like I'm not obviously a doctor or a nutritionist so don't listen to me but we were were advised to by pediatricians due to her severe reflux so Mm, we we had a Keratani nurse that would help us and she's had 40 years experience so she's she would help us with what to give Maeve being that young but when she was like six months at I suppose the normal age that you 
start solids. She would love like egg, avocado. Um, I actually got told about Weight Watchers baked beans because they're high in protein. The Weight Watchers ones are high in protein and low in sugar. So our Karatani nurse told us about those and we would puree them and she would have them cold pureed. (laughs) Sounds so (laughs) haggard, but she loves them and honestly still loves that now. And it's so random. Like I wouldn't have even thought about that. And obviously it's not Weight Watchers for the weight. It's for the high protein, like the different things in them, obviously. Um, But I'm probably not good to ask on this because it just feels so long ago for me now. And I'm already thinking, oh, my gosh, where do I start the sooner it's approaching with Munro, but now Maeve's favorite food is like banana pancakes just with egg and banana and blueberries so that's quite like a healthy one and she froths it I think she oh. thinks that's an actual pancake like she hasn't actually had like you know she hasn't had really like the big pancake with like all the trimmings and stuff <laughs> yeah and she loves sushi so she's probably a favorite lunchtime snack and then she just eats our hello fresh meals with us she's we've never str- had to really worry about her eating she's been pretty good right through which has made it easy for us that's so good because yeah it, it's interesting I've actually just started doing like those little pancakey things with Louie because he's like all of a sudden just found his appetite and loving food and he just smashes them but like yeah imagine the day when they go to a cafe and get to have like these pancakes with you know all the stuff they'll be thinking we've been ripping them off all these years yeah I actually think Maeve she did have them in the Gold Coast like normal pancakes with golden syrup and stuff and she she didn't seem that excited by them I was like oh my gosh she prefers the banana egg what she's used to maybe she's a creature of habit but I was thinking (laughs) wow lady (laughs) you don't know what you're missing yeah exactly like oh god that's so funny, little Maeve. Love love that though. And I'm glad that that was like a, a you know, an easier feeding journey from a food perspective rather than, you know, because you've obviously been having to do all the pumping and stuff as well, which I just hats off to you because it would be exhausting, I think, with, you know, doing that and then feeding and it's just adding another step into the day as well. Um, I would love to know, you've probably got a few, but your most memorable poo explosion story, and it could be Maeve, it could be Munro, but is there one that kind of stands out in your brain as like, oh, my God, this was awful? I actually don't. So I've been a mum for for two and a half years, and I I personally have never really had like a, there's probably like one that really sticks out to me. I don't because my friends nappies are often leaking like they're saying why does this happen to you I'm like no it doesn't the only thing I can think of was when Maeve was younger Matt was changing her nappy so I was watching the whole thing and she was on that like snuggle pad you know that oh yeah yeah and he was changing her nappy and she like pooed and it was like a bullet and it hit Matt's face (laughs) honestly just missed his mouth and I was like oh my god what is happening but that yeah it didn't happen to me thank god but yeah it's crazy I actually don't really sorry to let you down there don't really have one I'm shocked and I'm jealous because I'm like how have you got through this and not had one but that's I mean well run rose on me four months so I'm sure my time will come he's got some time to put in some work get a real yeah. real, real horrible one ready for you yeah <laughs> yeah what is one value that you're raising your kids with and it may be more re- relevant with Maeve now that she's a bit older and you can kind of you know explain things to her but is there one that you and Matt have kind of discussed and you're like that's something that's really important to us um to kind of bring the kids up with? Yeah, so it's quite hard because you want your child to have so many yeah. good values, right? So it's it's quite hard to just pinpoint one. But 
I would probably say for me and Matt, but I've just had a thing about it like my whole life is good manners. I just think if you have good manners, then it spirals down different avenues. Like you're respectful, Mm. you know, you're usually caring if you're using good manners. I just think if you've got good manners, it's just, it's an ick ick for me. If people have bad manners, I can't handle it. Like the way people would Mm. speak to waiters and things like that. I think it, it says a lot about a person. So good manners for me. It's even like putting cutlery together at the end of a meal. I'll notice who and who does that, things like that. I think my parents have raised us with wanting, hoping we would have good manners. So, yeah, I think that is one we're really trying to do with Maeve, making sure she always says please and thank you and will always say hi to someone and, you know, basic things like that. It doesn't always work, obviously, but she 90% of the time will always say please and thank you. And, yeah, I just think if you've got good manners, you're going to be respectful as well. And I love that one. Like, it's, not an, it's not a complicated one as well, right? Like it's not some, like, lofty – it's just it's just the simple things. And like you say, like that will lead into so many other areas of life. Yeah, and I think just like this is so cliche, but like you know, be kind, <laughs> kindness. I think that's yeah. that's a that's a big one. Which, oh no, hundred percent. Yeah, which is I think yeah, you've you everyone should just be kind. You don't know what other people are going through and things like that. So, and everyone appreciates you know kindness. So I think that's a a big one. Those are probably our two main ones I love that I'm also just thinking and I'm going to ask you a question and you're probably going to be like oh Emma you're just going off the cuff here thanks but (laughs) you have like a a following you know on social media you're raising kids with people kind of you know chirping in and giving you unwanted advice probably a lot of the time like how how do you kind of manage that because for me like I would find that so hard when you've got people saying like not necessarily nice things about you but is there something that like you like how just maybe how do you kind of deal with that day to day yeah well it's kind of hard because you know you don't put on social media like your bad days and the moments your kids are screaming all day or you know things like that so I think a lot of people wouldn't even know that I've had two kids with reflux or probably Maeve because I was quite vocal about it but not Munro I've never spoken about that on social media Mm. but I think it's just I don't know I just have to think because I have had unwanted comments and judgment before And I think, like, when someone's talking about your mothering, it just hits different. Like, I don't really care Mm -hmm. if someone will say, you know, things about me, but when it's about how I'm raising my kids or something like that, I just, I do struggle not to take offence to that. And I think it's quite a low blow because no one actually knows what you're, what you're going through or what you're dealing with. But I actually, Mm. like, I don't, my following's not that large. I haven't really had to deal with too much, but I have had to deal with a bit and it has, yeah, it has affected me when I've seen comments or, yeah, things about it. But I just think, like, I I guess I do it to myself, right? Like, I take, I'm quite present on social media. So with Mm. that... It's like I can't complain too much because, you know, the answer would be to stop posting as much. Like the less I post, I'm not going to get as much judgment, right? So it's what can you do? It doesn't really faze me. but Yeah. It's interesting how you say, like, if it was just about me, you know, I'd just, like, kind of take it on the shoulder. But when it's about, like, your kids and your mothering, that's where it hits more personally. It's like that mother bear instinct where it's like, 
you're so protective of them. But again, it's just like you're not asking for advice and you should be able to share things that you're going through with your family. But yeah, it's just, I guess, you can't control everything, right? Like, I am so conscious that you have got two little kitties at home who are probably needing their mum back. So I would just want, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sharing your motherhood journey with me and everyone else. Because even though I've known you, like I said, for so many years, I feel like even I've found out or learned something about it today. And it's just so cool to hear you kind of sharing your journey with everyone. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun.